Welcome to the Possibility Podcast. I'm Mel Schwartz, your host and thought provocateur. I've been practicing psychotherapy for well over 20 years. During that time, I've been so fortunate to witness countless breakthroughs while working with people, whether one-on-one, as a speaker, in professional trainings, or in workshops. The insights that I've garnered have inspired me to write over a hundred articles and several books, including the companion title to this podcast, The Possibility Principle, which you can find wherever books are sold. On this and every episode, I'll be introducing new ways of thinking, relating, and communicating to help you truly thrive in your life, to reach the possibilities that you may long for. Think of this as a new game plan for living. Thanks for enjoying my emerging community of possibility seekers, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode. We're going to look at part of our change process and where we struggle to change and what gets in our way of growing and evolving throughout our lives. This is something we don't ordinarily look at and come to this false and limiting belief that change is hard. But we need to understand why change is hard. Certainly, the belief that change is hard becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. But let's take a step back and look at our entire developmental process as human beings. I believe, and I've shared this in my book, The Possibility Principle, that as we come into life, we're existing in a state of infinite possibilities beyond limitations of genetics and environmental influences. Who will be, what our identity will look like, how we'll experience ourselves and our life is a state of infinite possibility. I speak of that as the potential of a wave. We can't know in advance what the wave will look like as it comes into shore. But borrowing a term from quantum physics, there's a phenomenon called wave collapse. And simply put, without going into the science at this point, and if you are interested in the science, you can read about it in my book. But the wave collapse, the way I'm using it, simply means what becomes infinite and full of possibility becomes finite and fixed, and particular. And this has to do in part with what I call coping mechanisms. We all develop coping mechanisms given experiences that we have in life early on. Some of them are due to acute, maybe traumatic circumstances, and others are due to chronic situations whereby we don't feel safe or valued enough or good enough We start to actually mold or shape our personality unconsciously without even knowing it. Let me give you an example stepping outside of the field of personal growth and development. I can recall many years ago breaking my foot. I clumsily missed a step coming off the front porch of my house, and I broke the outside part of my right foot the fifth metatarsal, I was told. The good news was I wouldn't need a cast. As time went on, though, in deference to the pain I was feeling on the outside of my foot, I shifted my weight toward the inside of my foot, the inner perimeter, so to speak. Within a week, I had so overstressed the inner part of my foot, the unbroken part, 
by placing so much pressure on it. I actually experienced more acute pain in the area that was undamaged than in the broken area. By a month later, the broken bone on the outside had healed, but the damage I caused to the inner part of my foot still bothered me. I had overcompensated for this injury, leading to a painful imbalance. I came out of balance. This same tendency to overcompensate creates havoc in our emotional and psychological lives. At different times in our life, particularly in childhood, we develop mechanisms to cope with the challenges and the wounds, the hurts, disappointments, and hardships we face. These coping mechanisms that we create are unconscious, but we manufacture them nevertheless. These are adjustments that we make to our personalities as we try to defend or shore up parts of ourselves to feel insecure or inefficient or insufficient or threatened. These adaptations set off a self-protecting mechanism or personality mass. These are responses to these disturbances we experience. We're not typically aware that we're constructing these personality masks because we assimilate them into our being in a very subtle way. Over time, we confuse this with being our identity, who I am. For example, if you grew up having an abusive, neglectful, alcoholic, angry, or unloving parent, that may have created for you a coping mechanism whereby you developed a rough exterior. You could react indifferently or callously to protect yourself so that you could survive that emotional challenge. Or you may swing to the other end of the spectrum, compensating by creating a coping mechanism that makes you look like a caretaker or a people pleaser. In doing that, you may be able to extract some nurturing tenderness, and love that is otherwise missing. Growing up in a chaotic or turbulent home might induce you to fashion the mask of being a people pleaser, trying to placate everyone so peace may reign. I come across this often in my therapy practice. In extreme cases, you may become overly dependent in your relationships, seeking what you didn't have in childhood. Embarrassing or traumatic events that make us feel humiliated may also catalyze these coping mechanisms. They become personality masks that we wear. Let me provide you with an example. I had been working with a man named Alex briefly. Alex was in his mid-30s, and during his sessions with me, he revealed that during his childhood, he recalled his father being extremely volatile. He learned as a coping mechanism to become hypervigilant so as to make sure to never trigger his father's anger. If anything troubled him about his dad, he suppressed it. This coping mechanism remained an unconscious part of his being, and Alex had no idea how deeply this coping mechanism affected him and his marriage decades later. Alex came to feel that his wife was emotionally distant and very critical of him but he never shared his upset with her. Instead, he sublimated those hurt feelings and he picked on her over trite, marginal, innocuous issues. His constant nitpicking caused her to distance herself from him. 
His coping mechanism, his compensatory behavior, instigated by his childhood coping mechanism, was actually sabotaging his marriage. Even worse, because he continued to suppress his real issues with his wife, they had no opportunity to resolve themselves. If you don't share your feelings, there's no chance at resolving them. The coping mechanism that had kept him safe in his early years with his dad was now setting up a dysfunction in his primary relationship, his marriage. His coping mechanism was causing a serious imbalance. I see this phenomenon in work in virtually every couple I work with. The marriage or the couple's conflicts grow out of each individual's unresolved challenges to spill out onto the relationship. Our coping mechanisms at first are adaptive and may be an advantage. They get us through the storm, so to speak. The problem is that over time, they become hardened and inveterate. They imprison us as they block the growth and the emergence of our authentic self. The past sort of leaks into the present, as it did for my client Alex. And what was once a coping mechanism now becomes a suit of armor that we clank around with. And we clank through life wearing this outdated armor, and it blocks us in our process of becoming. What I mean by becoming is that we get stuck thinking of ourselves in a state of being that is fixed and inert. Like the question of who am I refers to a fixed state of being, as opposed to the process of becoming, which sees ourselves as growing and evolving. Psychological and emotional coping mechanisms are, again, a means of compensating for a deficiency or a wound, the same way I try to compensate the broken part of my foot by shifting my weight. But when we overcompensate, physically or emotionally, we become imbalanced. For example, I've seen many doting, excessively attentive parents actually burden their children as they overcompensate for the lack of proper attention they received in their own childhood. You see, the pendulum swings too far to the other extreme, coming into balance which is the ultimate goal in achieving a life well-lived and allowing for prosperous growth, requires noticing where we're overcompensating and then releasing the masks and coping mechanisms we've developed. Here are some tips. If you feel that you may be overcompensating in some way, a place where you're out of balance, reflect on what vulnerable part of yourself you're protecting. Ask yourself, What part of me feels insecure or deficient in some way? For example, you could feel overly sensitive about other people's opinions of you, or you may feel unsafe confronting issues with other people. We can call that being confrontation avoidant. Or you may feel that you're not smart enough or likable enough. Now, once you've identified that vulnerable part of your being, ask yourself what that compensation looks like. If you're sensitive to others' opinions of you, you may have told yourself you prefer being a private person. It's not that you prefer being private. You feel at risk sharing. If you feel unsafe in confronting others or being assertive, your personality may have morphed into being a people pleaser 
allowing you to avoid potential discomfort. Or if you feel you're not smart enough, you might compensate by not asking questions because you're afraid that people will think you're ignorant. The answers to these questions you ask yourself will clarify where you're imbalanced and what you may be overcompensating for. Now, once we can see what the obstacle is to our growth, we encounter a new challenge, which is to overcome that old coping mechanism. Our sense of identity has to shift. But for many people, a shift of identity kind of counterintuitively feels daunting. You see, the loss of an old, even tired feature of our identity can produce anxiety. The term positive disintegration refers to this process of, in a positive, thoughtful way, letting go of an old part of ourselves that no longer works. It refers to the shedding of the old part of the personality that has now outlived its function and it no longer serves us. Stripping off the old coping mechanism, which is no longer required, is actually positive. The problem is that the uncertainty of the new terrain, because it feels weird to let go of old coping mechanisms, that uncertainty invokes discomfort. Learning to embrace that discomfort is essential in the process. So the unfolding of this self-actualizing process requires the death of the primary coping mechanisms as they give way to higher forms of ourself. So you see, we're growing and evolving, but this requires embracing uncertainty. If I'm not who I always thought I was, who am I becoming? We have to embrace this process of becoming. Shifting our identity, breaking free from old, worn-out coping mechanisms and old, tired encumbrances often induces anxiety, even fear. But by embracing the disquiet, we can then shift into that middle ground that's essential in coming into balance in our lives. The pathway toward achieving this growth process comes from welcoming the discomfort. In other words, we need once again to change our relationship with fear and anxiety and literally welcome it in. We can then shift from a fixed state of being into this unfolding process of becoming. Think of it this way. What was in earlier years adaptive over time has become maladaptive. It becomes fixed. It gets in the way of our relationship with ourself growing and emerging, which should be a lifelong process. It shouldn't get fixed and stagnate. And its impact on our relationships with others is undeniable. So, Think about where you're out of balance, what makes you feel insecure or sensitive, what the coping mechanism is that you've put in place decades and decades earlier to shore up that insecurity. Think to yourself, it's time to free myself of this. Consider what your old beliefs are that set up the structure of that coping mechanism and ask yourself, do I truly need this any longer? Isn't it time to set myself free to emerge to a higher level of my experience of myself and others, to live without fear and limitations? 
This will help you shift from a fixed state of being into the process of becoming so that life becomes adventuresome, creative, inspirational. It provides meaning and purpose to move past our old coping mechanisms and embrace the uncertainty and all the positive change that we seek. Can you imagine how different life would feel if you thought of your life as a creative process? Like a sculptor with their hands in the clay, only the sculpting process is ongoing throughout your entire life. This kind of positive life force of constantly being able to rethink, reframe, recreate ourselves, not in a fearful way or an anxious way, but in a positive way, where we just stop and reflect and ask, do I need to be that way? Do I need to have that kind of reaction? How can I free myself from anxiety, stress, and fear? Take a look at the coping mechanisms that inhibit you and just choose to release that structure, that old format, and watch how your life can unfold with profound meaning, purpose, excitement, and watch how your relationships can come alive as well. Try it on, folks. See how well it can work for you. Until next time, be well, be safe, and look forward to resuming our conversation. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Possibility Podcast with me, Mel Schwartz. To learn more about this episode's topic and other related subjects, please be sure to check out my book, The Possibility Principle. I always welcome your feedback, and you can comment on this or any episode by visiting melschwartz.com. That's M-E-L-S-C-H-W-A-R-T-Z.com. Click on the podcast link in the menu, and you can reach out via email to mel at melschwartz.com. The best way to make sure you never miss any episode of the Possibility Podcast is to follow the show and subscribe for free in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. You'll get new episodes as soon as they're released. And while you're at it, please take a moment to rate and review the Possibility Podcast in Apple Podcasts or the app of your choice. Ratings and reviews help raise the visibility of this podcast and that make it easier for new listeners to discover the show. So thank you for your honest review and thank you for listening. Until next time, have a great day and keep summoning up those new possibilities. Mm-hmm.